Hey, what up? What up, everybody? How's it going? Welcome to the Foxing Around podcast. I'm your host, Raymond Fox. And you're going to have to forgive my co-host, River Thomas. He's running a few minutes late. Uh, he should be here soon. Look at that. My mic just fell down. That's hype. Give me two seconds. I'm going to pop this mic back in and then we'll be good to go, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. We're good to go. Y'all hear me okay? Hey, so welcome to another episode. We got the man, Dreezus, coming through in a short few minutes. We're really looking forward to that. Uh, first things first, what I would like to do is I actually got a message. We got a message on the Fox and Around podcast to uh, to uh, announce some stuff. So uh, the uh, community of – hold up one second. I'm reading off my phone. Ellis Elsie Pogtog has made it to the top four of Craft Hockeyville. They're the first ever First Nations community to make it to the top four in Canada. The top three places in Craft Hockeyville will get $25,000. However, they're wanting to win first place because uh, their arena had a fire in September of 2020. They haven't been able to use the arena all year because of the smoke damage and the fire damage. And they're also just hyped to uh, get an uh, NHL rink uh, popping off there. So uh, I'll drop the link a little bit later. Uh, if you guys could go ahead and do me a favor and uh, go vote for them for craft hockeyville man let's let's get an indigenous community to win craft hockeyville man i think they'll get like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in upgrades to their community so that's love let's make sure that happens uh like i said i'll drop the link uh pretty soon if you guys could do me a favor real fast too, give this video a quick like give it a share man let's get this out there so everyone can see what we're doing we're gonna have a dope conversation uh one more thing we do have merch for sale so we got the black champion hoodies we got the gray champion hoodies we got the gray joggers as well as we got the black champion snapbacks so if you guys want to support us uh, like we said we don't ask for stars or donations or nothing like that but how you guys support us is through our merch and uh, all the proceeds just go right back into the podcast to do what we do man so hopefully you can uh you can purchase a hoodie if it's feasibly possible, as they say in uh, chief and council uh, <laughs> areas. But without further ado, man, let's get right into it. I'm really excited about this guest. We reached out to him last week. Last week, actually, he jumped into our uh, into uh, our podcast, and we we're like, man, why the heck did it take so long to ask this guy, man? He's dope. He's got a hell of a story, man. He's a, a legend in the indigenous hip-hop game. He's also doing some some acting, some activism, man. The, the dude's all over the place, and he is killing everything he does. So without further ado, man, I'm going to introduce our guest, Mr. Dreezus. What's up, bro? Hey. Hey, yes, what's yes, good? Yes, what's yes. Good? Thanks for having me, bro. What's good? Hey, bro, I'm just chilling, you know, freestyling this because sometimes River likes to run on Indian time. So I'm like, you know what? I, I got it. I'll take it from here for till he, uh, till he joins us. <laughs> Feasibly <laughs> possible. Yeah, bro. I'm, I'm practicing for my uh, my chief and council game one day, bro. Hey, <laughs> much love to everybody watching. Miigwech. Say Tanse. Say Anin. What else do we know? Oki. What do you know, bro? How do you say how do you say hello where are you from? Hey, just straight up Tonse or what's up? That's the hey. two that I got, bro. <laughs> what's up? Yeah. Bro. Yeah, what's going on, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm coming yeah. live from Treaty Seven Territory. I just want to shout them out really quick. Home of the Blackfoot, Sutina, and uh the Stony Nakoda. You know what I mean? Gotta show love. Hey, yes sir, yes sir. So we like to always ask everybody, bro, what's 
what's it been like in COVID times for you, bro? What you've been doing lately? You've been busy. You've been just sitting down, getting quarantine weight. What's been up? <laughs> just a little bit, man. Just a little bit. But yeah, you know, um, it's been like this, bro. You know how it is. Like, yeah. you're basically, COVID has got the world by the reins right now. So we're just kind of getting taken along for the ride. But, man, I went from feeling super like, oh, man, this is doom, doomsday. All my work is gone. I can't go out. What, what is happening? Ah. And then, you know, when you got over that, I started getting outside, riding a bike, started feeling really good, getting into uh, my fitness. And then I went in over my head, trying to go crazy mountain biking, <laughs> busted my ribs. I broke like two ribs. So this is that roller coaster ride, right? Yeah. But right after that, or actually right like two weeks after that, I did this song with Snotty Nose called Where They At. And I went and filmed the video, busted up, cast, broken wrist. Um, that's 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 been me during the pandemic is just giving it, just cutting through and just just going, giving it all I can give. You know what I mean? Hey, yes, sir. That's love. That's love, bro. I know everyone's been having to adapt and uh, try new things, get out of their comfort zone a little bit. What's it been like uh, navigating, uh, making music during this time? Is it is it a lot easier because, you know, everything's digital now or is it like harder because you can't get into the studio and, and uh, move around as much? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely harder because you can't get into the stew like you normally would want to. And you can't connect with the fans like like, you know. I miss the shows, man. You yeah. Know? I miss being able to feel that energy, being able to toss that energy out into the crowd and it come right back. And then it, I throw it back out and then you have this crazy, like, this crazy, like, wave that's created. I miss that. But, you know, I think as as, as Nietzsche's, as, as Native people, we're, we're very resilient. We figure it out, you know, so I've been figuring it out. And uh, like I said, we had the single with Snotty Nose come out. Lately, I've been working with, um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I got a little something with uh, Dakota coming up, Dakota Bear. Woo-hoo. The young homie. A little something-something. <laughs> um, I got some solo stuff coming. I got a beautiful solo run coming. I can't wait for, for that to drop. Yeah, man, we working. Hey, that's blessed. That's blessed, bro. I'm excited to uh, hear about that. And we'll jump in to your new music a little bit uh, later. But first mm-hmm. things first, man, let, let's set the stage, bro. Tell us tell us a little bit about Young Jesus, bro. Where'd you grow up? How were you growing up, bro? Where were you living? What was it like? Young Jesus. Um, I'm, first of all, I'm from Treaty 4, um, Cree and Soto, Anishinaabe. Um, I'm from Muskaugan, Cody Reserves, and I was born in Saskatoon, man. So I was actually born in St. Paul's. So anybody out there, St. Paul's babies, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I know they don't even have babies over there, so it's probably only older guys, old school heads. That... <laughs> Shut out all the old heads over there. <laughs> but um, yeah, St. Paul's, baby, West Side. So I still got family over there, and 
my mom was super ambitious and she moved us out to Calgary to go to school, to work. And for me, it was like, man, I'm just getting, you know, like get thrown into this, 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 this world that's barely got any natives in it. Going to school, the only native kid, you know, or one of few. I was really like, came up kind of lost, you know, kind of not really knowing who I was. Not really, I didn't have that pride. I didn't have that background to feel like, okay, this is me. This is, this is where I'm going. You know, this is what I know. It was like, kind of like a fish out of water, bro. You know, and yeah. that, I, I, that was a blessing in itself though, because it, it gave me this worldly view. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, not nothing against my fam out east in SAS, but I mean, had I stayed in SAS, things might have been different. You know right. what I mean? So, so we came out here and I found hip hop music. You know, I found hip hop music uh, in the pawn shops. You know, being a little teeth running in there, zoink, 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 zoink. <laughs> Run DMC, I know I'm showing my age now with that. LL Cool J, old school stuff, bro. NWA, zoink. <laughs> and I'd sit there, I'd be like, yo, this is the dopest ish ever. And then people would be like, man, you know, calling me names. Turn that off, you you wanna be da 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 da. You, you can't rap, you're not supposed to da da da. All this stuff, right? Yeah. So it made me kind of like back off a bit. And then I go in my room, you know, I became one of those guys. And I would, I would, you know, <clears throat> my late cook him, I would grab her, her boom box. Here we go with the old school stuff, the old heads. Yeah. Boom box used to play cassette tapes. Yeah. Old so, head. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, was, I might as well talk about record players, but anyways, um, I would, I would get her boom box. And then I, fig I figured out how to record my voice on the boombox. So I'd sit there practicing, like just anything. Things that I couldn't say to people in public because I was too shy. People would make, make fun of me. You know, I'd be like, yo, what's up? My name, da 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 you know? Or what's up, Jessica? Well, how, how you doing? You know, stuff like that. Stuff yeah. I couldn't say to people. And in a weird way, it gave me a sense of like confidence, yeah. you know, a sense of self, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I knew that I wasn't what I saw on, on these videos, but for some reason it made me feel good about myself. Yeah. And it carried me through my life, you know, hip hop music carried me, picked me up, nudged me, smacked me in the face all the time. You know, and yeah, we're here yeah. to this day. For sure, to this brother. Day. To this day. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, man. Like when you're when you're growing up like that, man. You're out in Calgary. It's it's an urban setting. So you're looking around. There's probably not too many Nietzsche's around that you can relate to. And uh, you know, just hearing your early rap influences. Do you feel like it was a lot of the black culture that had a uh, an influence on you growing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Like I said, it was like, at the time, there wasn't a whole lot of Nietzsche's around. 
and the ones, excuse me, the ones that were, were kind of like getting into a lot of stuff, which I eventually fell in with. Yeah. But, um, it was the, when I first heard that, that record, it was, I can't remember what record it was, but I remember feeling like, damn, these guys just have no care about expressing themselves, about expressing who they are, about expressing where they're from, how they feel, how they feel about a certain thing, how they feel about the government. I'm like, damn, it was such a foreign like idea to me to be so open right. and, and it attracted me, you know? So right. I took it in. And like I said, I had my cookum's uh, boom box every time she go to church because my cookum was Catholic, yeah, residential school survivor. She would go to church or to work and then, you know, sneak in there, zoink, and then turn on the radio because my, my little Vietnamese homie, um, Fu, he told me at school, tune in to 90.9 on Sundays, every Sunday at 3 p.m. The ride, boom, every Sunday taking it in the, the vibes the flows the beats everything you know every sunday religiously recording it and that led to me watching rap city on much music back in the day seeing the videos and you know um it's crazy that that's on that same channel much music is where i would see the first native hip-hop um, rap video that i ever seen and that was called War Party, Feeling Reserved. I'm feeling reserved. Man, that's how I'm feeling. Dun, 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 something like that. And I was like, whoa, what is this? Nietzsche's on the TV. Because back then, it wasn't <laughs> internet. It was TV. And TV was this huge deal. Right. You know, all the, all the family huddled up. Popcorn. Oh, shit. You know, and... Seeing those guys on on much music was like, psh. I was like, I can do that, I want to do that, and so I practiced more, and that whole culture influenced me in so many ways, and um, I owe it, I owe it back, you know. So I always give back in certain ways that I can, and. Um, one of my one of my biggest uh influences is the the artist that spoke about community the artist that spoke about um after police and the artists that were like super outspoken but still held down their family i was like oh that's that's strong i need that and hip-hop influenced me to be um the father i am today you know, so it influenced me in so many positive ways that I feel like I'm a student. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like hip hop isn't just for one color, you know, and that's the beauty of it because I think hip hop has sparked so many dope conversations and so many dope careers and so many dope ideas and energies all over the world. Sure. And Nietzsche's are no different. Yeah, bro, for sure. So, you you start off, man. You're you're stealing stealing records, jump into a boombox. <laughs> what? Where did you get your first like? 
<clears throat> you know, where'd you first jump into it and be like, you know what? I think I could be a rapper. I want to be a rapper. What was the first moment where you were like, all right, this is it? Oh, man. So on the street, you know, I used to, man, I used to be a wild kid, man. Anybody, anybody out there who knew me back then, we'd be doing all kinds of crazy-ish out there on the street, you know, drinking 40s. I don't drink anymore, by the way, but, like, just wilding out in the street. And, like, <clears throat> I used to spit. And the only way I had confidence at first was alcohol. I'm not going to lie, you know. And one day I was like, when I was like, I don't know how old I was, but I was like, I'm going to show my friends this. Mm, so I was spitting. They're like, yo, you sound like Biggie, man. <laughs> you look like Biggie. Yo, you're Biggie. <laughs> so everybody's calling me Biggie or Big or Bigs. And then, you know, I was always listening to Notorious Big too. So it was, it was kind of like, I was like, I took it like, oh yeah, that's cool. But um, the very first time I touched the mic was when I was 17. And it was at a Jamaican bashment. Damn. Jamaican after hours party. I remember there's a barbecue, jerk chicken popping off. And the homie Alton was a DJ. And if anybody knows Jamaican after parties, they don't want to hear nothing but like dance hall, reggae, and like top, like top rap hits. So I gathered up the nerve to get on the mic. I said, Alton, yo, let me get on the mic. And he's like, what, what, you, you sure? And then my heart started beating, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And he's like, here, boom, threw on, threw on a biggie beat. Perfect. Boom, threw on a biggie beat. I started rhyming. And I remember seeing the crowd. They were like, it was like, you know, when the record, <laughs> you know, they're like, what? They all stopped and they're like looking at me like, what? What's going on here? This big native guy just picked up the mic and started rapping. <laughs> they're like, what the F? You know, and then they kind of just stopped. And I was, but I was flowing. I was like going in. And um, all of a sudden, you, I started to see, like, you know, ah, starting to see a little bit of, like, starting to move to it. I started feeling it. Boom. Just start, all of a sudden caught that wave. And that was when I was like, yo, I want to do this, man. You know what I mean? That was yeah. definitely the moment where I was like, okay, I can do this. If, if I can make uh, a bashment, like, vibe out to my freestyle i thought yeah okay we can do this hey yes sir yes sir man i would have loved to be in the crowd that night. it sounds crazy man so that that's your that's your first ever moment man so where do you progress to next you know i i know you talked a little bit about you being in the streets at the time was that a heavy influence was there like a you know two roads type idea or or how did how did you progress after that stage? Um, yeah, it was definitely a rough, a rough road with the street, like with, with that, because alcohol was, was almost there every day. Drugs were there every day. And wait, I'm gonna get my phone out of here. 
Um, and you know, if you're in that state of mind, you're not making the right decisions, man. You know, and I had, I, I became a father and I didn't take it the way I should have taken it at the time. Yeah. Because I'm not going to like blame any, anybody or anything, but I just didn't have that knowledge I, or I didn't have that understanding of how to be a good father. Right. So I went on this dark path, getting locked up. Um, I was out in Winnipeg, you know, um, still trying to do the rap thing, but the money was kind of more important. Yeah. And you know, when you, when you, when you chase only the money, I feel like you get all the evil that comes with it. You know what I mean? And a lot of evil stuff started happening. You know, I got locked up. I was out there selling, selling dope, got locked up. And I remember uh, my, my crew res official. It was actually a group that I started with some of those war party members that I watched on TV a few years before. Yeah. We'd been making music and we were going to have a reunion at the 2010 Olympics. And we got booked for like five shows, huge shows. Yeah. And I was on some charges at the time. And my PO was like, yo, you can go. I'm proud of you. So I had like a, a month before, right? I got, I got, I got um, permission. Two weeks before, breach, drunk, got into a fight, locked up. And I remember having to watch the Olympics on this tiny little TV screen in, in jail. And that hit me hard, man. It hit me hard because I did that to myself. I let alcohol do that to me. And I let my anger do that to me. And it was rough, man. You know, it was one of those moments like, holy, like, I felt like giving up. Yeah. I felt like giving up. But what, what happened was, is I started reading to pass the time. Actually, I should say I started writing first because that's all I really knew how to do was write. So I started writing out all my dreams, all my raps, all these like things that were going on. And what that led to was a thirst for more knowledge to write about maybe, I don't know, but yeah. I started reading, you know? And in that crazy dark space that I landed myself in, little did I know at the time that was my rebirth you know yes sir that's where i started to value life more you know and i ended up in this uh, uh treatment center where i met this elder who changed my life who 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 taught me about myself in the anishinaabe way and those are teachings that i carry to this day and um you know um that's something that Again, hip hop was like my buddy, man. It was it was my 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 it was my lifeboat because all the ish that I was going through, I didn't know how to tell other people about it. I didn't know how to tell my friends that I was going through this, where I felt like suicidal, or you know what I mean? Yeah, like it was taboo to talk about that kind of stuff. Right. So what I would do was write in my book raps. 
And um, I remember being, excuse me, one second. Yeah, that's good. I remember being in this kitchen at this place called BHF. I'm putting it all on blast. I don't even care. <laughs> hey, let's go. Because all the Winnipeg people will know BHF. And I want those people to hear this too. <clears throat> I was in BHF. And the elder would laugh at me. Man, I never got laughed at or like would, would take that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But from the elder, you got to take it. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I walked down the halls of this rehab center that I couldn't leave because it was court ordered, right? Right. I walked down the halls with big gold chains, diamonds, double S piece, big diamond earrings, diamond rings, bracelet, fresh Jordans, <laughs> fresh clothes, you know what I mean? And had to but at the time I had like when I walked in I had this big at like big thing from getting into the scrap, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he saw me and he started laughing at me, man. And I was like, what? What what? I was feeling fresh and I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, Mr. Moneybags, what the F are you doing walking around like in rehab like that? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you know, I really started checking myself and that was the beginning, bro. Yeah. That was the beginning of my new journey, you know, yeah. and he taught me the ways, man. He taught me how to be a scabe. You know, he taught me, they even taught me about growing a garden. You know, I'm not going to say I know how to grow gardens still, but they taught me those things, you know, and yeah. it showed me this new way, new direction, right? And it yeah. took a long time to get out of that. It took a long time to get out of that. So as soon as I, I got released, I went back into the street deep dive into it, selling dope, wilding out. But then music. Um, I think I left Winnipeg in 2012 and I released a song called Red Winter that changed everything. You can lock us in jail and throw away the key. Take away my rights, but you ain't stopping me. Cause I've been quiet for too long, it's time to speak. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Writing, boom. And then I started seeing I Don't Know More movement pop off. Seeing my people march, be proud. I'm like, whoa, this is different. I like this. I'm going to go to to the rally tomorrow with my son. So I was able to reclaim that role of being a father by coming back to the city and being like, hey, I'm here. I'm here for not only my son. I feel like I can be here for the people. But what I didn't realize is that I couldn't be there for nobody until I was there for myself. Yes, sir. So the work started had to begin. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. So what's those what's those first steps look like when when you get that self realization that you know the streets the streets ain't it no more. I got I got this rap game that I can do something with. Was it? It sounded like it took a while and it took some some opening up on your, on your own, on your own part, you know, some healing. So what are those, what are those steps like? And, and, and how do they get you to where you're at now, I guess. And, you know, just even from that dark place. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was like the hard lessons, you know, some of us have to learn things the hard way. Yeah. Um, I, that's the only, that's the only angle I could speak from. Right. I just about lost my life, man. 
you know. I was doing a lot of a lot of disrespectful things to a lot of people and it caught up to me in a disrespectful way. Mm -hmm. Came right back to me. And I got put in the hospital and um I got some eye damage going on and um I remember getting out of the hospital. No, actually I ran out of the hospital. That's how crazy I was. Like, <laughs> I remember coming to seeing the police coming, like coming at, at the lobby or something. I ripped yeah. off whatever was on me and took off. And I came to the next day in my house, bloody in bed, just bloody. And my cousin was sitting next to me, kind of like watching over me. And uh, I like woke up like quick, like whew. my phone was ringing. And it was my son, man. My son at this time was like, I think he was like 10 years old or no. Yeah, like 10 years old already because I I was young Yeah. when he was born. And um, he called me up and he never did that before. And he's like, Dad, when are you coming home? You know, it could have rippled forever that that sentence yeah. and I had to act on it so <clears throat> at the time I was running with a crew and we you know we were up to all, all kinds of stuff and I just left I know I let them down in, 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 in a certain way but I had to make that sacrifice in order to um, be, be there for my son and be there for my family and be there for myself, really. I knew I had to make that sacrifice and, and um, withstand all the the flack or the hate that might might have came with it, you know. And um, it, it wasn't an easy transition though, getting out of that because I I was I was still um, drinking and partying and afraid of the police and all this stuff was going on, right? But I knew I had to just go, and once I did, that's that's like I said, that's when my life changed. And um, the to get back to those steps was um, getting up and and saying, "This is after, bro." Looking in the mirror and being like, "This ain't it," <laughs> you know, right. "This is not it," and. So many people have a hard time getting to that place because we like to lie to ourselves and we like to tell ourselves that everything is going to be okay. But some of us might do that all the way to the, to, to the end. And for me, I had to be like, hey, you know what? I haven't been good, a good dad. I need to be a better father. I've been drinking and drugging like crazy. I'm worried about the police. Um, coming to my mom's place, coming to my family's place. All these things were going on, and I'm like, okay, enough. Music. That was my next step. Writing. The next step. Recording. The next step. Putting it onto uh, iTunes. The next step. Making a video. And then Red Winter came out, went viral. Um... Then I wrote this song called Warpath. That went viral, even viraler. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Went viraler, boy. 
It, 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 it opened so many eyes, you know, and that's when Taboo hollered at me, bro. Shit. <laughs> Damn. That was when I got home. I was in Standing Rock. And uh, I got home from Standing Rock. I was there for a couple of weeks. And Taboo messaged me, man. And I was like, oh. And he's like, you want to do a song? I'm like, you know I want to do a song, bro. <laughs> Damn, bro. Man, talk us through that, bro. Right from the DM, right to the right to the time that you guys win the award, bro. Because oh, I know that's got to be a story, man. Yeah, I know, I, and and I tell it quite a bit. So I mean, but the thing is, is I'm so that I'm I, I have this feeling like if you if you if you experience dope things and you learn dope things, you got to share those. Yes, sir. Nietzsche coming up next to you, and besides you, behind you, in front. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. With that, um, he sent me a DM. I freaked out, of course. You know, like I'm not no robot, and I have feelings, and I get excited, and I'm, I'm like a giddy little kid inside. That little kid that that used to like zoink CDs and tapes. That I'm still that kid. I just don't zoink CDs and tapes no more, <laughs> but, or anything for that matter. But um, I'm still that giddy little kid, and. Uh, so when he hit me up, it was crazy. And uh, I sent him in the verse for this song called Stand Up Standing Rock. I remember the beat being so, like, happy, you know? And I was kind of like a dark, depressed kind of feeling dude, right? Yeah. And this happy beat. I'm like, what am I going to say to this? What am I going to say to this beat? It sounded like Black Eyed Peas, like, you know, dun, dun, dun. I don't know, you know, like, I, <laughs> I got know. a feeling, like, yeah, I got a feeling, you know, but, but meanwhile, it was about standing rock. So mm -hmm. I couldn't be like, I got a feeling, you know, type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I really had to, you know, there was some self doubt about like, how can I rock with taboo? One of, he's part of one of the biggest groups in the world ever. Mm -hmm. How can I rock with this guy and not look like, you know, like a flea. And that's a, that was, of course, the small um, part of my psyche that was kind of designed to be like that. You know how we, a lot of us natives come out the gate doubting ourselves. Right. So th there's this doubt in my head, like, oh, I can't do it. No, no, no. And then I went right back. The beat. Oh, yeah. Uh. I'm going off homeboys rap. Oh yeah, we playing on it. The earth we camp on it in a sweat lot, singing the songs with grandfather's heat rocks all in the spot we splash on them. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, where'd that come from, man? You know, and that was another moment that was huge for me because I wrote about what I was going through with the lodge and how it was changing my life. And I made it onto a rap song. Yeah. Like so when Taboo heard it, he freaked out. He's like, bro, this is like the dopest verse I heard like in a long, long time. So that little boy was like, oh yeah. And um, yeah, we did the video, did the video, it went viral. I was freaking out the whole time because I got this video with Taboo out. But at the same time, it was like this pride this really feeling of like I was doing something too because we were creating more awareness to 
the real ones that were on the front lines of Standing Rock, right. and the Cookums and the matriarchs that were really holding it down. Yeah. And that's where I felt this whole vibe. I'm like, I felt whole because it gave me this feeling of spirit and community and also that hip hop, that little kid, you know? Right. And um, he called me up and said, yo, you wanna go to New York City? Freaking out, freaking out. Because all I seen was the New York City skyline. I always talk about this. New York City skyline. You know that one's. It looks like yeah. a, it looks like like music waves or something. I don't know. It was crazy. But when I actually saw them on the plane, I just cried, bro. And not like um, I was by myself, so I wasn't like you know like going crazy. But I was. It was definitely tears flowing from my face because. I took it all the way back to being a Nietzsche from Saskatoon and the prairies and always thinking that New York City and hip hop music and MTV, this and that was a million miles away and I would never get there. I never had a chance. Yeah. So to see the skyline was beautiful, beautiful and so beautiful that I, like I shed tears. And we rocked the show, and I ended up staying in, t in Brooklyn a couple of days later. Like, everybody went home, and I was like, yo, Tab, I got to go to Brooklyn. He's <laughs> like, can I stay? Can you extend my ticket? He's like, yeah, bro. I went to Brooklyn, Damn. went to Biggie's house, like his old house. Oh, it's just a crazy story about Brooklyn, but um, the story continued, you know, like with Taboo that year in 2017. I'm gonna, I'm getting all excited here. <laughs> Have a drink, brother. So, 2017, um, we went to New York. Amazing, changed my life because that was the first time I ever been there, and it was got, I got booked to go there, which was crazy, right? And to rock the show with Taboo was crazy. He's had so much energy, this guy. And for me, I was like, oh, do I got to turn up? And I'm this big, big ass dude. So like <laughs> me turning up like taboo doesn't look right, bro. You're like, <laughs> it's, I, I can't even turn up like that. It just doesn't work. So I had to hit him up because like, I'm literally beside him. We're on stage uh, uh, rehearsing. And I'm like, bro, what should I do? <laughs> <laughs> I know every once in a while, like my Nietzsche really pops out, you know, like, yeah. And like I'll be in the states, and they'll be like, "Oh shit, yo, this guy's real, real Indian here, man." You know, I'm like, what should I do? And he's like, "What?" I'm like, "What should I do? Like, should I just should I rock it out with you?" He's like, "No, no, 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 no. Be you, bro. Be you." I'm like, "Okay, is that enough?" He's like, "Yeah, more than enough." Just that little little comment, like just fixed some things over the years or something crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I and I felt ready to go. And I remember um, <clears throat> he built me up on, on the performance when it was actually live and the New York City crowd was there. And I remember he built me up to where when my verse was coming, he just like looked at me and he was like, 
he turned around. He's like looking at me like, you know, he's like just waiting for me. So the crowd started looking at me. And then I ran in there, killed it, and the whole crowd went, ah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> if I could have, I would have started crying. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I was in the moment. So I was like, ah, killing it. Oh, yeah, we didn't, you know, just killing it. And it was such another beautiful moment. And and it all comes back to um, um, hip-hop and black culture ha having those opening open arms. That's some real shit, and um, I got this. I got to chill with some of those heroes that I seen. You know, um, right. I got to kick it with Ernie Panicoli, who was this Nietzsche photographer out there who uh, photographed people like Biggie, Tupac, um, Madonna, Prince, um, everybody up to Big Dreezus. Yes, sir. Um, but he met me in Brooklyn one day. I was taking the train everywhere, um, the subway, because I wanted to feel it <clears throat> solo, too. So I, I met up with him, and then he took me on this Brooklyn tour. And just amazing. There I go trying to talk about Brooklyn, so I might as well talk about it. Yeah, let's let's get into it. Somebody in the comments said, uh, keep talking about Brooklyn. So let's, let's hear the Ooh. Brooklyn story, brother. Mm -hmm. So I went across the water because I was staying in Manhattan for the show. And I went across the water to Brooklyn. And that's where I was staying solo. And I just wanted to, like, I, I went and got a Diddy cheesecake at Junior's. Ooh. I went in, uh, an old heads, old heads. <laughs> um, um, like I said, I went around with Ernie that day. And Ernie picked me up at the subway in a, in a Range Rover. Damn. Like, like Biggie style. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, I, I get, and he's got these big braids, and he's like, Jesus, you know, and like, uh, he, the way he talks is just like, it's crazy, but he's like, let's go to Biggie's house. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> went to Biggie's house, and it was, he, it was his memorial, it was memorial time, yeah. so there was all these gifts and like gum and blunt wrappers, Tim boots and all kinds of things, flowers laid out for him. It was amazing, you know, and um. Took me all to these biggie murals, and then he he took me to this museum on in Bedford. It's Biggie's old hood, and we walk in, and there's this big Biggie exhibition going on. All these artists have Biggie posters and paintings that they did, and they're just all talking Biggie. And here, me and Ernie walk in, and Ernie's famous for taking Biggie's photo. Um, yeah. One of I I have it. We're packing, so it's downstairs right now. Yeah. But it's Biggie in this like leather coat and this Range Rover. He's all like, you know, like laid mm -hmm. up. And I was like, that's my favorite one. And I got it signed by him and all this stuff. And anyways, <clears throat> he was like, uh, what what? Man, I'm, I'm losing it here. I'm, I'm getting too excited. Oh yeah, we're at the we're at the at the museum. And we walk into the doors. And he's just thinking, you know, we're going to go look at the exhibit. Walk into the doors and there's this big talk going on. The dude on the mic, the main guy at the museum. And he's like, oh, shit, Ernie's in, Ernie Panicoli's in the building. We were just talking about you. You want to say a few words? And he's like, yeah, yeah. First thing the man says, yo, before I start talking, this is my boy. Yo, hold on. Let me get my, my Ernie voice. Before I start talking, <laughs> this is my man Jesus over here. 
He's the Canadian Biggie. I'm like, oh, why oh. Didn't you say that, man? <laughs> Everybody's like, Zoom. oh yeah, you know, kind of thing. Like, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, why, bro? In Biggie's hood, on Biggie's <laughs> memorial, with Biggie paintings all over the place. Damn. I'm like, whoa. And then, um, but people were like, oh. And they ended up coming up to me like, yo, what do you do? They ended up playing my videos. Ended up getting a lot of Brooklyn fans that day. And uh, he ended up, like, we went around Brooklyn that day. Yeah. But he ended up bringing me back to that museum because in the basement was a studio. And uh, I worked in the studio. I met, I met the producer there at midnight in Brooklyn. Ernie dropped me off and I was on, on my own, no man's land. Damn. And uh, yeah, we created some bangers, man. And I'll never forget New York, you know. I fell asleep on a train in New York. I fell asleep on the damn subway going to, uh, to the Bronx. Of all places, like the scariest place in New York, bro. And I want—I just wanted to go see where hip hop started. Yeah. And I was super tired from going all nighter in the studio. Jumped on a subway seven in the seven or eight in the morning. That was the only time I felt safe to go to the Bronx. No lie. And uh, I fell asleep, tired. <laughs> Boom. Imagine that. Money, sell, my pockets just sitting there. Crashed out. Luckily, there's a dude next to me looking out. He's like, yo, you got to get up, man. Yo, you got to get up. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what? I woke up when I was in the Bronx. Damn. Project buildings, you know, like the orange and brown project looking buildings everywhere. And then I went out and I seen a Starbucks and I'm like, I'm going to go to that Starbucks. It's <laughs> the only place I was like, I knew like, you know, like I'm going to go sit in there. And then um, I realized I was in like the craziest, one of the craziest hoods in the Bronx. So I like, as fast as I could, I got back on the train, back down. Went and saw Cedric Ave, the birthplace of hip hop. Went back down, caught my flight, went home. Never forget that experience. And that wasn't, a, that wasn't, that year was ridiculous because I got home from that and Taboo called me and said, uh, We've been nominated for an MTV Video Music Award. Sheesh. What was that like? Man. All these years I was thinking about much music, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Much music video music awards or whatever. Right. MMVMAs. Um, Aboriginal People's Choice Awards. Indigenous Music Awards. Juno Awards, you know, those are the things I was used to and never in my life I thought I would get told I got nominated for MTV VMA. Freaked out, you know, and it was wild. So we went down to LA for that. And by this time I was cool with Taboo and the Black Eyed Peas already. Yeah. Taboo had already taken me into the Black Eyed Peas studio in, in Hollywood. It's Will I Am Studio. It's called the Future Studios. That in itself, in itself, was a ridiculous experience, man. It was like being in a spaceship. It was like going to space or something, man. <laughs> Especially when Will I Am walked into the room. Damn. I was like, because first it was Taboo and App, Apple D App, and my boy Mook 
and the producer or engineer. And I sit in the back. I'm just kind of taking it in. And they're playing new Black Eyed Peas music. And I wanted to get on my phone, you know, but I, I knew better. Yeah. <laughs> I knew better by that time. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. But then all of a sudden, Will I Am walked in. Oh, I just tightened up, man. I was like, oh, man, what was this guy going to He's going to tell me to get out of here or something, you know? Right. And Will I Am was like, uh, he's like, yo. He just started talking to me right away. He's like, uh, are you Native American? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm going to call you Native Tongue. I'm like, mm, all right. <laughs> I didn't know how to take it. I was like, yeah. you ain't going to say no yeah. Hell yeah, man. Will I am just gave me a name. Just right after meeting him, you know, and uh, that was wild. But um, that morning of the awards, we started there in that same studio. And Taboo gave us a pep talk. And I got to shout out everybody who was up for those awards with me. The whole Mag 7 crew, which is um, PJ Vegas, uh, uh, MC1, Superman, Taboo, Spencer, Doc Battier, or, or Batista. I got, sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Um, and my verse. So my verse is a Tyuno girl from... Uh, Orlando, Florida, and we all jumped into this big sprinter van, you know, like the big fancy ones the stars use. Yeah, yeah. And it was just a real experience because Superman had on his regalia, you know, and a couple of the homegirls, uh, a couple of the sisters had on the ribbon skirts. Right. And, I, you know, um, I had to cook them scarf, you know, repping. And we were just repping hard for Nietzsche's that day. And I remember driving to the awards <clears throat> and seeing all these places from the movies in LA's and in, in LA's in LA. Yeah. All these all these movie you know, from childhood, I'm like, damn. I'm here. I'm here, man. <laughs> you know, I'm here. And um we drove all the way from Hollywood to Inglewood. And I was sitting shotgun and I had the ox. And I remember just looking back and being like, wow, as if like Taboo's sitting behind me and we're headed to the MTV Awards. We get there, it's at the forum where Wayne Gretzky used to play is how I know it, right? Yeah. We're at the forum and we're getting around the back. VIP styles. Holy shit, boy. The first one I seen was DJ Khaled. Fan girl in it out, you know? ah, <laughs> and, I and then I seen this little baby boy aside, and I was like, ah. just wanted Damn. to pick him up, but then I would, yeah. you know, I would have been cool. Um, boom, we go inside. We're in line, like seeing stars pull up behind us, and like, oh, we're not like the last ones or nothing like that, right? Yeah. And the one in front of us. Kendrick Lamar. Damn. Kendrick Lamar was right in front of us. And I just about freaked out. I was like, yo, K-Dot. <laughs> K-Dot. You know? Yelling. And then bro was like, yo, yo, chill out, man. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, hey, man, I'm from Saskatoon, bro. <laughs> yo, the rest came out. <laughs> um, you know? <laughs> I'm from the prairies, bro. What do you mean? <laughs> this is LA right now. This is crazy. It's Kendrick Lamar. You know, anyways. Yeah. 
um, his wife heard me yelling around and she looked and then it kind of made him look. And then he gave me one of these and then my little rap heart just was just, my little rap heart was just made that day. Yeah. You know, that little, that little kid was like, oh man, I was just jumping for joy that day, bro. Yes, sir. So we go into the spot, boom, Charlemagne the God. Yo, it's the natives in the building. The natives are in the building. And they were like, yeah, you know, feeling extra, extra lovely. Boom, walk past them. So much going on. Out of nowhere, Cardi B just starts rapping. And like, Bodak Yellow, like when Bodak Yellow popped off. Yeah. And she's like right there in front of her eyes. And I'm like, I'm like what is going on right now? Gucci Mane right here. Um, you know, little Yachty right there. And here's us, you know, a bunch of Nietzsche's. Right. Holding it down. And uh, we got nominated for the best fight against the system. It's literally the first time in MTV VMA history that they had that award. And also the first time in v v VMA history that they had our, they plucked the music video from YouTube. Wow. So usually it's a labeled thing submitted. Yeah. This, this time they plucked it out from thin air, hollered at us. And um, we were up against uh, Logic, Big Sean, Alicia Cara, and I keep forgetting the last one. I feel so bad, but um, you know, Big Sean. I'm like, whoa, what? You know, y'all, I'm in the same category as Big Sean, telling everybody, <laughs> yeah, 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 right. And um, it was amazing, man. We we that day we we won an MTV uh, VMA award. And um, I didn't get the hardware that day, so I didn't really take it in completely fully that day yet. Yeah. It happened to me my birthday that day, so after the awards we all celebrated, it was beautiful. My wife, he was there, it was beautiful. <clears throat> but the day I actually got the award came a few months later, and uh, it was in Miami. And we finished doing a show. It's my first time in Miami, too. We finished doing a show at the Miami Hard Rock Arena, and I'll, I'll say this because I love Jays, and I don't like collect them as much as I used to. Yeah. But I'm sitting there in this room, and Taboo gave me this like crazy room in his mansion that Doc and them hooked up. Like felt like Scarface in there. Anyway, <laughs> it was in Miami, right? Got yeah. alligators, bro. We had or crocodiles we had out there. Damn. It was wild. I got pictures. I got pictures. Hey, you're going to have to send me them. Yeah, let's go. Um, but uh, so I'm sitting on the couch, and I wasn't expecting the hardware at all. And um, he brings this this black box. It looks like a jo like jo shoes. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, are those, oh, man, are those the, the, uh, Levi fours, you know, or threes or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Because they were out of the time, and he's like, "Nah, man, take this. Open it up. Open it up, and it's this guy. Dun, dun, dun. Bro, there it is. What? The hell? <laughs> he's floating around. In, he's floating around in space right now. I was playing. Yo, that's an MTV Music Award right there, man. It's the moon, man, baby. 
In that moment, I became the first Nietzsche in Canada to get one of those. And not, I'm not boasting. It's, it's, uh, I'm the first and definitely not the last. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? And, uh, I remember pulling, I seen the box and I was like, you know, that moment when I, when I told you about New York city. Yeah. And I felt emotional. Well, this was like times 10 and I couldn't hold it. And the damn guy had to have cameras on me. Oh no. Yeah. But it was all good. Like, like it was, I'm glad that now, now, but yeah, I couldn't hold it. Yeah. It was like, you know, one of those ugly cries. Yeah. Cause it was like all those times that I got shot down, that I got called wannabe. I got called all kinds of stuff, man. So many people telling me I couldn't be what I wanted to be or be anything. All of those came flooding back. And instead of like piercing me and hurting me like, like it did, it was like, this was like a It was like, not that, not that this validates me, but my musical journey, this was like the physical um, manifestation of that. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. And, you know, I, I got emotional like crazy. And I started thinking about all of the work that I put into that and how many times I thought of giving up. How many times I tried to give up, how many times um, I gave up, all that. You know, I was like, hey, you saw this through. Now comes the real work. You know what I mean? This was like, because I was, I'm, I'm, I'm a hardhead, man. I got to learn the hard way all the time. Yeah, bro. <laughs> and this is... <laughs> as hard as it gets <laughs> you, know I mean? you know what I mean yeah so um yeah man and and that propelled me you know in my in my confidence and I broke through a lot of doors within myself that I had that that I had there because of things like residential school colonization some you know all that stuff mm-hmm. and music helped me just go break through it in spectacular fashion with crazy company and my wifey with uh my my son on the way you know and yeah it's giving me that energy to 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 do even more now you know just i used to always always think damn you know i'm an old head how am i gonna how am i gonna come out keep coming out and then i started i stopped thinking about like the competition aspect of it where there's this ageism and I started thinking about longevity and the marathon and what Nipsey used to teach, like instill in, to the listeners was the marathon continues. It's not a quick sprint. It's a marathon. And I want to be making music until, until I die, bro. I want to be an old man, like Quincy Jones or something. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Damn, man. Even brought out the award for us, man. That's that's (laughs) brother. Thank you so much for doing that, man. Wow. That's, that's a hell of an evolution, man. Coming from where you came from to, to get to those places and, uh, and validate yourself, validate everything that you've worked for, man. That's, that's 100. I want to, 
I want to ask a little bit because we did kind of touch on it real quick. Let's let's drop it. Take it a little left field, man, because mm-hmm. I, I want to talk a little bit first about, you know, that uh, that Brooklyn story and, and Biggie and the impact that he had on you, um, because I feel like there's still a stigma out there in the indigenous communities as it pertains to the black community, you know, and for somebody that's been influenced in the way that you have and to know that culture and grow up in that culture and, you know, thrive like in that culture, you know, how do we break down those stigmas? How do we how do we start to have conversations so that we're not looking at the black community like they're our enemies no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, I've, that's always like a, a tough kind of a sensitive subject for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the reason why it, it's not talked. Well, yeah, that's exactly why it's not talked about because it's, it's kind of kept behind a little bit. Yeah. But um, I just how I look at it. I'm not in the game of like tearing people down anymore or like judging people. So all I can really say is this, once you learn, and I'm on this journey right now, I'm not perfect. I haven't learned it all the way, but once you learn the the true idea of self-respect at its core, at its core, true self-respect, you have, Respect for everything comes naturally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't let the chitter chatter break that that calm or that sense of self because you know you know who you are, you know where you came from, and you know um you, you know, so it's like some for some people it's a quick journey to that. You know, they might just have to like go back to a place and visit a certain place or see a certain family member. So for some people, um, they never make it there and, and unfortunately die with that, those, those, that way of thinking, you know what I mean? And yeah. like I said, I'm not trying to knock nobody, but like I, if, if, if you come from a place of respect for yourself, then you always find the human nature in everybody else. And when you connect on that level, then you see things differently. You don't see the chitter chatter or hear the, oh, uh, the news. The news is the worst, bro. Yeah. <laughs> they demonize the shit out of indigenous and black people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, just just look at it. Like, they, they the media does the same thing to our people as it does to their people. Mm-hmm. And we have two common, we, we both have a common enemy. Yeah. And imagine if we saw each other as humans first and as, you know, cause when we see each other on that level, we become family quicker or we, 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 we appreciate that quality more and bonds become to be, become to form strong, you know? And yeah, man, it's a really deep, really deep question, really deep conversation. But, um, Self-respect, man. Yeah, it goes to so much because if you really truly self-respect, have self-respect for yourself, you will not do the things that will put you in a bad position, or put you in a bad energy, or put you in a bad predicament, or put you in a bad place, or put you in a bad mood. Well, I don't know. I can't say about mood. You know, moods are we can't help that. But there's 
There's so many things that get eliminated from your psyche that are attached to hate, attached to fear. Because I feel like hate is attached to fear so much. Yeah. We don't know about a certain group of people, so it automatically makes us fear them for some reason. And instead of showing that we fear them and being like, hey, man, I don't really understand these people. But maybe if I reached out, I might. Instead of that, we're just like, nope. I'm not. I'm not weak. What do you mean? Nah. You know everything's good with me. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's like it's 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 so it's so it's such a deep subject and yeah. Um, I think that when it comes to our youth. When it comes to that conversation, the biggest selling music in the world is hip hop music. And hip hop music was started in the black community. Mm-hmm. And our kids listen to hip hop music day in and day out. And instead of feeling like, oh my God, they're lost, let them be lost. You know, because some of the kids are listening to the wrong types of hip hop music too. You know, like influencing them in different ways. But if we if we met them there, if we met them there with that conversation, like, oh, what are you listening to? You know, oh, I heard uh, this guy Jesus, or you know what I mean, or like, or (laughs) or this Nietzsche Grizz. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's doing it. Then I might be like, oh, you know, I, I feel like that there's such this big disconnection that the media and colonization has created that as soon as we see that color, it's nah, no, and not for me, but like just for people who are like that, you know, right. and, and it's, it's like, how about forget about all that? Let's talk about music. When you go to a concert, you see people from everywhere, bro. Yeah. Everywhere. And when you go to a Snotty Nose Res Kids concert, you see a whole bunch of white people in there and like all types of people, bro. And it's like, it's our our chance to educate them, bro. Yeah. So we can use our allies, allyships and our, our friendships and our, and our bonds and our communities as tools and resources to build each other up. And why not use hip hop music? Of the 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 language that our youth understand, right? Yeah. So if we looked at it like that from the youth point of view as well, I think that would change a lot. Like, because as parents, we come to this moment where we're like, we can't control our kids, man. We can't like tell them what to do, what to listen to. They're gonna do what they want. But you can become a become part of that conversation. Yes. So, and I think that it goes for a lot of different problems in the world is having that conversation and just seeing each other as a human first. Yes, sir. Some some wise words from Jesus there, man. Preaching, bro. You know what? I think it's about time that we open it up a little bit. Let's open it up to a few fan questions, man. I'll I'll sure. throw it up. You know what? I got a first fan question for you because I've been a fan, bro. I know, I know, I know you've been in Calgary. I know, I know that's your spot, but you mm-hmm. did come, you did come up in Saskatoon too, bro. Mm-hmm. Where, 
what's the because you know I think of guys like like Big Sav, Blazing Natives, you know the Lazy Four, man, like Brooklyn, Tommy Duh, all those guys, bro. Yeah, were, were those some early influences? You know, like what what's your feeling on that old school? You know, after twelve, it's on type joints, man. You know, you know what yeah. I'm talking about, bro. Like, yeah, bro. Um, like with man, that whole the, all those guys, they're fine, yeah. bro. Yeah. Like, um, so like in my come up in, 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 in hip hop, I was also running in the streets a lot. Yeah. And I, I was traveling, like doing my thing in different places, Calgary, yeah. Regina, Saskatoon, Edmonton, Winnipeg a lot. And in those places, I got to know people like Big Sav is like actually like a distant relative of mine, man. Free Big Sav, by the way. Yeah. Um, Tommy Da I met when Money Mike, late Money Mike, yeah. RIP Money Mike. He, I knew him from my Winnipeg days. Tommy Da I met when we were very young, like teenagers, effing around in Regina. Yeah. Um, rest in peace to Tommy. Um, yeah, all those guys um, I came up around too. And, you know, we it just wasn't like known so like out in the public eye but we always like kicked it whenever i ran through town and they would come through town too and yeah so um later on in my life i went back to saskatoon and uh started going to like these freestyle shows like freestyle competitions these have this what was the club called riley's oh okay yeah that's old head stuff too <laughs> yeah old heads <laughs> 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 exactly man Riley's and they used to have these battles and um I couldn't battle worth shit man I ain't gonna lie man I couldn't battle worth nothing but I would still go front you know and spit like 16s on the stage or something and uh I remember one time I, I I was just getting served up by this kid man serving me up and I knew I lost but for some reason the judges were like oh Draw one. And I'm like, why? Who's the judges? <laughs> I'm like, what? And I looked and I seen this little Nietzsche guy, eh? like kind of a, a shorter cat, you know, um, and that ended up being Joey Styles. Hey. <laughs> so shout out to brother Joey Styles, man. Yes, sir. He he kind of cheated me out of that one, but uh, <laughs> I mean, not cheated. He, he cheated the game for me, but um, yeah. Uh, I didn't battle much after that, but we we started getting in the studio, and um, I was right there when Stress Street was was first starting. Man, was right there, and uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of like craziness around that time, you know, with with right. Joey Styles and Stress Street around those days. Was, so yeah, a lot of craziness and a lot of fun times. We 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 opened for a lot of crazy people, like Fifty Cent. Yeah, and then um, y'all fought him. <laughs> yo, okay, yeah. I'm not going to get too deep into that one. Yeah, but bro. I, I was there. I know yeah. it's coming up now in conversation on the net, like recently. Yeah. yeah. Like people are like, oh, yeah, they got jumped. But it wasn't the whole G unit that got jumped. It was actually um, Young Buck who was uh, kind of like cussing out Nietzsche's man, uh, on yeah. stage. and and uh, Not the place. <laughs> there, yeah, not the place. And there was a few like, other things going on at the time. Yeah. There was also a mass amount of people that were flooding on the stage and and that dude started going up and there was only like females at the time and they didn't like that, right? Yeah. 
And I remember one of my bros got bottled. That was the, that was the, the straw. The kickoff, yeah. You know what I mean? And I remember seeing them boom, and then everybody rushed, and then, yeah, I'll let, I'll let, I'll let the, I'll let the, the, the internets go off about it, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's, 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 it's not as crazy, but at the same time, it's crazy. You know, it's, it's funny. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no cap. All right, let's get into a few questions here. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to the homie uh, Marmar Gaming. He's got our first question here. He says, thoughts on lateral violence, your peers that try to bring you down. How do you block out negativity? <laughs> yeah, man, that's a serious one, man. Oh, <laughs> ah. um, Uncle Jesus time. <laughs> yeah, man. This, 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 I cannot talk deep, man. Like every... <laughs> Every time you sit down, you got to get a tea and a and a biscuit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a piece of bannock or something, you know. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, man, lateral violence is it's everywhere, man. It's always been there, you know. And sometimes it's closer than you think. And uh, I learned over the years that that um, people that are angry with themselves projected onto other people, simple and plain. And not only angry, but sometimes people get jealous, you know what I mean? And, you know, things like IG and social media kind of hype us up a little bit and make things kind of magnify our lives a little bit and make us look bigger than life sometimes. Mm -hmm. So people see that or see the highlight reels and they're like, oh man, ouch, I don't do that. And then they start to compare. And that's where all kinds of stuff happens and you start thinking ways and yeah, man. And I've, I've been through it for years. I've been, man, death threats, bro. You know, some of my lives I go on, you know, like they'll, they'll figure out to make a new fake account and start, you know, like going off. And the, 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 the main thing I got to do is block, you know, like, literally press block first. That's a, that's a good way to block out people because trolls will make you feel like you're weak for not hearing fighting with them or, or, or blocking them. Even like if you block them, they won or something crazy. You know what I mean? That's not it. It's your space. It's your life. It's your social media. It's your career. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, Blocking them out, definitely pressing block. But in real life, it's like, again, it's a self-respect thing. You know what I mean? And part of that for me is smudging, bro, and making sure that I'm staying grateful. I'm, 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 I'm crossing my T's, dotting my I's type of thing. You know, like I'm, I'm making sure that I'm doing what I have to do as a man and as a father. And as I say this, I hear my kids just in the background right now yeah but uh um it's 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 something about like you just got to believe in yourself bro you just got to believe in what you do and yourself enough to not let anybody knock you off your path and because no one else can knock you off your path but you you know when it comes down to it damn that's some hella life lessons right there. All right, we got another question, man. This this boots us into the to the kids, man. How has fatherhood changed your perspective on your past, and how has it changed you now? How's my father changed perspective on? Um, 
of course there's this like um feeling like like I, I wasted a lot of time man you know right that's the first thing like oh man anyways but when i look at it from an even higher vantage point with a a, a more clearer head it's like okay if i didn't go through those things then I might not even be here today at all for my kids. You know what I mean? If I didn't go through those things and learn from them, I might not be here. You know what I mean? And I don't know if that even makes sense, but um, how should I put this? It's like, I know I had to go through that. Right. And I'm just glad to be here, I should say. And I'm glad to have that second chance or another chance to be that father. And, and uh, another chance to be a better a, a better man. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Here we go. This is a dope question, too. I know hip-hop really spoke to you. I'm curious what other music would have influenced you? What were adults or elders around you listening to? Um, so I had this weird relationship with, uh, with country music because uh, my pops was a country music player. Mine, and, too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like I... You know, my mom, like, I, I'd always jam out with my mom, but, like, I'm going to be all the way real here when when my pops kind of was out of the picture. Yeah. I didn't want to hear country music too much anymore. And every time I did, it kind of brought me back to that feeling. Yeah. So it was like country music wasn't really it for me. But my my late uncle, Bobby Jones, was listening to stuff like Nirvana, um, a lot of like grunge and like um, alternative rock, you know, down to like classic rock and, um, you know, like the old Nietzsche jams, CCR and stuff like that. Like those, those are always around me. But I think the biggest like influences outside of rap were definitely like the Nirvana type of vibes, like the moody, you know, um, the moody stuff. Yeah. All right, here we go. We got another question. Do you see the music uh, business eventually cross-promoting through video game streamers? Sort of what you've been doing with Okimao and the Moose Tree Gaming Collab you got going on currently. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't have a Moose Tree Collab per se right now, but he definitely supports and I support him and we support each other. Yeah. But me and Okima, uh definitely, yeah. Um, but yeah, the streaming is killing it, man. And I know... Um, Terry's been on it for a long time, so I got to big you up on that, bro. He was, like, bugging me, like, I think a couple of years ago. Yo, can I get some music for my stream? I'm like, stream? What do you mean? You know what <laughs> I mean? I'm like, yeah. games on the stream? What do you mean, bro? Like, I didn't understand it. But now I see it, it just coming full force. And now I can even see some MCs being like, yo, can you play my stuff on your stream? You know, like, yeah. so I think there's definitely... Um, opportunity for both sides to to collab and make bigger things happen you know what i mean especially with all the licensing bullshit that's going on with youtube bro yeah no cap that must be mm -hmm. frustrating as an artist as well too um mm -hmm. i don't think hold up i think that's it for fan questions man why don't you first things first let's let's tell people what you got going on presently bro are you working on some music right now i know you got the uh some merch coming out what you what's the next steps for Dreezus? okay so um definitely we got the thunderbird collab popping off right now with okima um i was trying to put that up there let me see 
I think, yo, shout out to Okimo. He's like, man, I had these comments turned off. What is wrong with me? <laughs> Sorry, fam. I got all types of fam in the building. Okay. Let me see. Okimo's in the spot. Shout out to Okimo. Uh, post up the link if you could, broski. Yeah, um, link the DM. We'll put it up top here. Oh, snap. Okay. There it is right there. Right there. Okay, so since... Man... You know, since I opened my big mouth about a giveaway and didn't prepare for it, we got to figure this out, bro. What you want to do, bro? We could, how you want to do it? I guess we could do a call-in. We could do whatever you feel like, brother. Oh, you can do call-ins? Yeah, yes, sir. Okay. Let me, uh, let me link the, uh, link my phone real fast. And then, yeah, you'll be, you'll be the only one that'll be able to talk to them. But, uh, okay, so you'll but have can... to run it through. Can you can you hear can you hear through there or? Uh, I don't think I'll be able to hear, but you'll be able to. So okay. you're gonna have to do the talking, brother. One sec. Okay. I'll throw it, throw it mm. up on the. There we go. We're good mm. to go. So All right, man. So what do you want to do? What what? Okay. What what should we get them to do if they call in? Man, they better tell you like maybe one of their favorite <clears throat> Jesus songs. They better. Okay. okay this is. I got spit. it. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got it. So, I'm going to give out a hoodie right now. Me and Okima, we decided mm-hmm. that when I come on uh, um, Foxing Around, that we're going to give a hoodie to one of their one of their viewers. So, we're going to give you one of these right here. And they're nice and high quality. They're nice. They're nice. They're they nice just like Broski's uh, merch over there, too. You know, hey, just, much love, bro. Good stuff. We don't mess around by it. Yeah, we all got to eat. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, so um, these come in six different flavors. And uh, between me and you, we might have some new ones coming. But, uh, yeah, so I got one of these for you. You can pick your size. You can pick your, um, your color. So what we got to do is... First of all, share this share this feed right now. Everybody, share that feed. And if you're in the comments, I need to see some flames. I need to see some drums. I need to see some aliens. I don't care, man. Just throw some comments up there. And homeboy's gonna throw up the what, the number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll link homeboy's the phone gonna number. Homeboy's gonna throw up your there. digits real quick. Oh, <laughs> and then um, what you gotta do is say one line of one of my songs. Any yeah. song. Oh, that's it. One line. And you don't have to like say it in my voice or nothing like that, but one line. Alright? Are you are you are you guys with me? Hey, is everyone with them? Yeah, we got one hundreds in here. We got emojis like crazy. Okay. There we go, brother. This is looking crazy. All right, I'm gonna link the phone number here in one second. We'll pick the what the first caller, the second caller, what you think? Um Let's just go with the with the first one that comes in. All right, first one that calls up. I'm gonna put up the number right now, and then uh, yeah, Jesus, you're gonna have to do all the talking once I answer because I I ain't too techy yet. I don't know how this okay, works. There's gonna, the phone number, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna try and turn it up so you can hear it. I'm gonna... yeah. Oh, never mind. Not doing that. <laughs> Yo, it's a bad static. There we go. I'm waiting for the first phone call. Hey, you better not use up my minutes here either, people. (laughs) (laughs) It's a two-minute phone call. You remember those struggles, bro? You remember those minute struggles back in the day? Yeah, man. Go to the store, get the get it going. 
We got that. Here we go. We're waiting for the phone call. They're probably Googling the lyrics. There we go. Here's here it is, bro. Let's see if this works. Hold up. One sec. Um no. One sec. One sec. On, Alright, see if you can talk to him, Jesus. Oh. What's up? Can you hear Yo. me? Yo. What's Good up? Who's this? Can you hear me? Oh, we lost him. Yo, can you hear me, bro? You're hella choppy. Oh, what? (laughs) Brother, we got to take another call. Yeah, take another call, bro. (laughs) Sorry about that. Whoever just tried to call, man. Yeah, yeah, he's still on there. In better Wi-Fi than that, man. Hey, next caller. Let's see. Let's see. You need some minutes, bro. You need some minutes. <laughs> yeah, bro. That's on my res Wi-Fi. Nah, keep calling everybody. We I'm waiting on the on the call here right now. Let's see who we got. There we go. All right. Let's check it out. See if this one works. Hold up. Let me see. If I can... here? Talk to him, Jesus. Hello. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. What's up? What's up? I have a... Hold on. I'm going to try to put you on my speaker real quick. One, one, okay? Can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear me? I don't think she can hear me. I think it's your guys' phone. What the heck? All right. Let's try Hello? Like I think it's your guys' phone. Let's try it like this. I, I think it's... Yo, what's up? Can you hear us? I can hear you. Yeah. Can you hear her, Jesus? Uh, yeah, I can hear her. All right, so yeah, Jesus can't talk because uh, we messed up the we messed up the tech, but he could hear you at least. So thank you for calling in. What's your name? Hey, what's up? It's a long time fan. Claudia is calling. Hey, what's up, Claudia? Hey, just wait. <laughs> I, Go ahead. I just want to say the uh, lyric is um. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Just- What's that? Bro, does, does that work? I don't know. I I ain't here. I don't know. That sound, that, that's not a line, man. That's like a. Mm, that's a, that's that sound like uh, Rick Ross. Like, oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's like a. Mm-hmm. Yo, man. That sounds like I, old mushroom. Like an old mushroom in the sweat. Like, oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> okay, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know, Jesus, man. Are we doing up or down, bro? I think we got to go down on Alan, bro. I love, I love you, Claudia, but I can't, yeah. can, man. Yeah, he said he said all love, but but we can't roll with that one. So thank you for calling in, but all right, much love. Peace. I'm sorry, all right, bro. Hey, the hoodie's still good to go, man. Yo, we still got a hoodie. Yeah, we still got bro. a hoodie. Damn, man. Hey, there was some oh, what people the, calling. What the hell? That was Okimo on the phone? Damn, you got some res, res Wi-Fi, bro. Here we go. There we go. Let's see this. I'll put this on speaker. I'll take the headphones out so they can hear you too. What's up? How's it going? Who is this? It's Elaine Kitnosley. Hey, Elaine. What's good? How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm chilling with Jesus right now, man. It can't get much better than this. Uh, we. Uh, tell, him, tell him Thielen says hi. Hey, Thielen says hi, hey. brother. Yeah, Thielen's killing it on TikTok and IG and all that. Yeah. 
Hey, that's love. That's love. All right. So you got some lyrics for us to be able to uh, win yourself a Oki Mouse slash Dreesus collab. What you got for us? Watch me turn the tables till we're eating like some kings in beautiful headdresses. The culture is so impressive. So impressive. I'm just hoping I absorb it when he's passing me the message. Because, baby, it's depressing living in this mess we call a home. We should take it back to chokers resting on the collarbone. Oh, hey, man, that's the win. She said that's her favorite song. That's that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Elaine. Um, it's okay. This is crazy enough because I'm I'm just going to send you a hoodie with with uh, dealings. If that's OK, I don't know if you hear that, but I'm going to go ahead and throw you in there. But make sure and message me your size and your color. But that was awesome. Thank you so much. Everybody, throw some flames up. Throw some, show some love to Elaine. That was dope. Hey, Got my energy is. all on 10 right now. All right. Thank you, Elaine. Much love. Peace out. Thank you very much. Hey, she had it on lock, brother. Yeah, that was dope. Oh, yeah. There we go. Elaine, yes. winner tonight. I was hyped, brother. <laughs> Damn. Yo, I got to give it up to Claudia, though, for that. <laughs> oh dang that's love yeah that's love man that was yeah that was dope man yeah i appreciate you man appreciate everybody for tuning in out there it's been blessed yeah definitely got some new music on the way and i really i really mean it i know i've been like saying that but i really 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 mean it shout out to my boy stomp who's in the comments uh sunsetting kid Shout out to Kyla. My kids are screaming around in the background. I love you, babies. Shout out to my mama. Shout out to you guys at Foxing Around. Appreciate you, man. Hey, much love, bro. So, yeah, you kind of you kind of pretty much did it. But what we like to do at the end of the show is we like to give it up to the guest. Let him wrap it up. I'm going to come say thank you at the end. But give your final message to everybody out there, bro. Maybe maybe they need some words of encouragement. Maybe you just want to plug your merch. Whatever you need to do, brother, I'm going to give you about a minute or two just to uh, drop some final Uncle Jesus knowledge on him. So, uh-huh. good family. Uh-huh. So, there's Uncle Jesus here. Uh... <laughs> Since uh, it's a little, no, I was kidding. Um, yo, straight up and down, I appreciate you guys for supporting me. I know um, I got some supporters there for a long time, man. Like Claudia, I appreciate you so much, man. There's people like you that really keep the arts going. You know, the Nietzsche arts moving and flourishing and and traveling to new communities. And I can't thank you guys enough for that. And that call-in feature was one of the sickest things I've seen in a while. So big ups, big ups for that. And big ups to Elaine. That was so beautiful. I just want to say out to everybody out there who might be watching and going through a tough time. Um, after I get off of this, I'm going to light a good smudge and I'm going to keep you in my prayers, especially those who are dealing with, uh, with COVID and dealing with loss. We there, we, we, you know, we were there together. And I just want to say that that energy that we that from the community is what carries me. And I can't wait to be able to give back in, in more ways and be able to give you guys music coming. Appreciate you. Thanks for coming through. Miigwech. Hi. 
Hey, my brother, man, thank you so much for coming through, bro. Your stories are amazing. You're on the right path, man. I'm proud to know you. I'm proud to be your brother. And uh, thank you for coming to Chop It Up on here. We'll bring you on anytime you want to come release some music with us. You want to give away some stuff or you just want to come chill and uh, talk about whatever it is that, that you want to. You're, you're more than welcome, bro. So thank you so much for doing this, man. Uh, much for love. For sure, brother. Appreciate I'll, uh, you. I'll uh, hit you in a little bit, bro. I know you got some kids to attend to, so I will. Let you know, <laughs> yeah. All right, bro. Well, thank you again. Much love. Take care. Hi, hi. Hey, man, that was a show. Thank you so much, everybody, for uh, sticking by. Uh, obviously, River uh, couldn't make it tonight. He got stuck in the bushes, but all love to him out there, brother. Uh, we'll see you next week when he uh, rolls through. We do have some merch available for sale. Uh, we got the black hoodies. We got the gray hoodies. We got the gray sweats as well as we got the uh, the black champion hats. So if you guys want to uh, support us in any way, purchase a, a, a set of merch, man. We, we'd really appreciate it. I'd also like to give a quick shout out to my mom, Christus Kilometers from MMIW. Go give that a follow on Facebook. Uh, she's walking across Canada to raise awareness for MMIW. Uh, they also got a... Uh, um, an online uh, auction going on right now to uh, to start to raise some funds. So go check it out. We actually did donate a pair of uh, Foxing Around sweats. So uh, if you want to purchase it that way, go bid on that and uh, go check it out, man. Um, once again, I can't thank you guys enough for every time that you guys uh, come chill. Uh, listen, I love when you guys are in the comments. You know, you guys are commenting and showing us that love. It, it really means a lot, man. And I'm thankful that Jesus uh, took some time out of his day to come and uh, chill with us. He had some amazing stories and it's love. Um, I'm going to be moving this week. I'm real excited about it, man. I got some big things planned for myself in the next few days that I'm really looking forward to. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, buy some merch. Thank you for coming. Uh, take care of each other, man. You know, like Jesus said, it's about that self-respect, but go out and give that respect to somebody else, you know, try to uh, show somebody some love, buy somebody's coffee, do something nice this week, man. It'll, it'll come back to you tenfold. And uh, what else, man? Oh yeah. Mask up. If you can put some hand sanitizer on, keep your social distancing. Uh, it's really important that we, we keep COVID numbers down. Cause I'm trying to have a summer. I'm trying to play red soccer all summer. And, uh, I ain't trying to get uh, let COVID get in my way. So like my brother Joey Styles always says, man, this is way too trill for the average bear. Much love. Hi, hi. Peace.